Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. Going to jail is expensive. You got court fees, attorney fees, which can be high. Even items at the jail store are marked up, like soap and food. San Francisco's been chipping away at some of these costs, and now the city wants to make phone calls free. It makes you feel isolated when you see everybody calling their families and and then you can't. It's a horrible feeling. You feel like you have no support, and it's just really hard. Today, how these fees on incarcerated people often falls onto the inmates' families, and typically women of color. I'm Devin Katayama. Welcome to the Bay. So if you get arrested and booked into jail and you want to call a family member or a friend, or in most counties, even your lawyer, uh, you have to make a collect call to them. Marisa Lagos is a correspondent for KQED's Politics and Government Desk. She also co-hosts the Political Breakdown podcast. You know, you would pick up, it would say, do you accept a collect call from the county jail? And you would either accept or deny those charges. And a 15-minute phone call would end up costing you around $2.10. About 1,300 inmates cycle through San Francisco's jail system on any given day. The money generated from that call would be split relatively evenly between the company that puts up this whole phone system in the jails and the city of San Francisco, which uses that revenue actually to help pay for staff positions to fund reentry services. So that's how it works now. What does San Francisco want to do now? Well, San Francisco broadly has been trying to tackle a lot of the fees that really saddle low-income people with debt, um, whether it be through parking tickets or court fees or, in this case, jail fees. So over the last few years, they've actually negotiated to bring down the cost of these phone calls. The average jail phone call, 15-minute phone call, is about $5.70 throughout the state. In San Francisco, it's about $2.10. More than half. Okay. Yeah. But now Mayor London Breed is proposing through her budget to completely eliminate those fees. The proposal also stops the practice of jacking up prices on the stuff that inmates buy at the jail store, like hygiene products and food. State law allows counties to mark up these items, and San Francisco does by 43 percent. Why is Mayor London Breed the one who's taken this on? Well, I think she has personal uh, history in this area. It's something that has never sit well with me. She 
was largely raised by her grandmother, who was helping raise a lot of people in her family, including her brother, who's actually serving a 44-year sentence for involuntary manslaughter. From personal experience of the collect calls and the amount of money that my grandmother had to spend on our phone bill, and at times our phone getting cut off because we couldn't pay the bill. Remembering as a kid the onus this put on her family. Just not being able to provide sometimes support to family members who were behind bars. And so it, it can be quite uh, depressing and frustrating. And so I think that when she first got elected as a supervisor, she really came to this with a different perspective than maybe some other public officials because she'd lived through it. It was one of those things that I thought was necessary um, because it, it really is an issue around equity. She's had a lot of support, actually, from um, the treasurer's office. One of the things they looked at as part of this work was who pays for these phone call and jail costs. Is it the inmate? Is it their families? Who is it? And what they found is that it's probably their mother, girlfriends, grandmothers, friends. And those are not generally people who can afford this extra cost. Other than the obvious reasons of doing away with the fees would actually help people who don't have as much money, what are some other reasons why they're saying that this is actually a good thing, that we should be doing this? All the research really shows that the more connected you are as someone in jail or prison to the outside world and to positive people in the outside world, like a family that's supportive and wants you to get back on the straight and narrow, the more likely you are to succeed once you get out. So if you're in jail, you're isolated, you're depressed, um, maybe you already have an addiction problem or some mental illness issues, it's really hard to sort of get right when you don't have access to your support network. So can you just start by telling me your name and, I don't know, however you want to identify yourself? So I interviewed a woman named Mary Vandegriff. I'm an assistant lobby supervisor for the Solutions SF Job Training Program at Community Housing Partnership. I work with Debt Free SF. Um, in the past, we worked on eliminating criminal fines and fees. That was the last project I worked on. She told me that, you know, she used drugs for a long time and she did some pretty bad things. And so she cycled in and out of jail quite a bit. I've done time where I had no support because I couldn't afford anything, any commissary, any phone calls, anything on the inside. And then I've had done some time where I had the support and I was able to make those phone calls. It was really difficult for her youngest daughter, who was going through some things at the time. My daughter, at the time, my youngest was 16, 17, acting out. Her not having my voice of reason, even from being behind bars, was horrible. And then getting all this information on what she's been doing, and you not being able to even just have the conversation with her, it's hard. It's, it's horrible. She actually lost her dad. Her dad died when she was in jail, and she couldn't even talk to her family about it. Not being able to call your children or not being able to have the support to, of your parents. My father died when I was in jail. I couldn't call. Um, it, it, it makes you feel real lonely. It makes you feel isolated when you see everybody calling their families and, and then you can't. It's a horrible feeling. You feel like you have no support and it's just really hard. She said that the last time she was in jail, she did have access to talk to her family, her kids, her mother, and then it really helped her turn her life around. It, it was a different experience for me. Um, I, I didn't feel like nobody cared about me, that if nobody loved me, if I was doing the right thing or the wrong thing. I felt like I had the support. Mary Vandegrift says that the free stuff that you get in jail, like the soap and the food, they're so basic that you want to buy these items, even if they're priced up. But she says that this can be a barrier for poorer inmates. 
a deodorant you buy at the dollar store is like two something in there. I mean, I understand we're incarcerated. You know, your rights have been stripped, but you still want to be able to feel like a human and like a woman. As the sheriff has moved to to cut down the price of these calls, they also completely eliminate fees and make it free for inmates to call their lawyers. So as of now, if you want to contact your legal representative in jail, you actually can do that without paying for it. Do you know how much that getting rid of these fees is going to save people in the long run? Last year, it cost about $1.1 million in fees for phone calls in the jails. About 500,000 of that went in revenue to the GTL, which is the corporate vendor who contracts with the sheriff's department. And then the other 600,000 went to the sheriff's inmate welfare fund, which pays for those reentry programs. So that's about 1.1 million. And then there was another $765,000 generated through the jail store um, for those markups on things like toiletries and food. So we're talking around $1.7 million a year that incarcerated people and their families are paying just in San Francisco. Because this one point $7 million is going to rehabilitation programs and reentry programs. What does the city plan to do to kind of fill that gap now? First of all, you know, it's, it, it's not an insignificant amount of money, but it's actually less than 1% of the sheriff's department's annual budget. So this okay. isn't like a bank breaker in that right, way. Right. Um, and so they are building in the assumption that they will not be generating these revenues this year. Is there anybody who doesn't support this move? Um, I don't know yet. I mean, I think that there is sometimes sort of a knee jerk, you know, reaction to say, why should we be helping people who are accused or convicted of crimes? What about victims? It's important to note that through this and other attempts to reduce the criminal justice fees, we've never looked at touching things like restitution, right? I mean, the idea that a victim should be compensated in some way, shape or form, I think is is sort of a third rail and, and should be right. But The people who have studied this issue most closely say that they actually think that this could have a positive impact on public safety because people get out and they are able to land somewhere stable and maybe find a job. You know, we know that people are more likely to go back to jail or prison in the year or two after they leave. Um, The longer you're out, the longer you are likely to stay out. Um, And so, you know, I, I can't imagine in this situation that there will be a big fight in this city. In recent years, I feel like I've seen more and more of these actions to stop punishing poor people for being poor. I'm not surprised when I see San Francisco do something like this, but I also wonder how many other little things exist in our society and bureaucracy that could be looked at and changed in this way. You're right. I think San Francisco has been a leader in this. We've also seen some state legislation around everything from bail reform, which is you know, essentially ends up being a tax on poor people as well, down to things like traffic fees. In in recent years, San Francisco, for example, stopped handing people a bill when they exit jail. If you went to jail and served a sentence and got out and you had, say, two years of probation, you would actually get a bill for the next two years, uh, a $50 a month charge, which can be up to $1,800 over a couple years. So they've basically eliminated those fees. But they've also looked at other things like towing and traffic fees. I think that the idea is that in some cases we've raised these because we didn't have other money to pay for things. And I think everyone's taking a step back and sort of going, okay, well, these are taxpayers as well. And is this actually making sense? Is it achieving what we want it to? There's been more and more interest from progressive cities to eliminate fees on incarcerated people and those reentering society. Last year, both Alameda County and San Francisco eliminated court-related fees for people coming out of jail. And just last month, New York City jails started allowing inmates to make free calls. 
Marisa Lagos is a correspondent for KQED's Politics and Government Desk. She also co-hosts the Political Breakdown podcast. You can find that show wherever you get the bay. I'm Devin Kadayama. That's it for the bay. Talk to you Friday. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.